Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life on this first week of January 2021. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Hawani Show, and we are presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am, dare I say, revved and ready to go. The hardcores out there will will know what I'm talking about with that particular quote. This is very exciting stuff. I haven't done a show in two weeks. This is my most anticipated show of the year, each and every year. This is the 2020 Helwani Nose Awards. Yes, the most prestigious, the most comprehensive award show in mixed martial arts, 20 categories. It's the eighth year that we've done this. It started out uh, eight years ago, of course, as the MMA Hour Awards, and it has evolved over time. And you may recall that around two years ago, we ushered in the ESPN MMA era. They put me in a fancy studio at midnight, and it was this show that started the UFC on ESPN era. And then the following year, we had fancy schmancy graphics. It was all very snazzy. I mean, it was a really big to-do. And this year, of course, due to the pandemic, we have uh, scaled things down. We're doing it in our familiar spot of the last 10 months, but I'm very excited. And dare I say, I'm actually more excited about this particular program because we're going old school, my friends. We're, we're, we're turning back the clock, if you will. Nostalgia this time of year, it's, uh, it's good for the soul. And so I'm not going to just sit here for the next hour or so and tell you my, my winners of the year that was in mixed martial arts. No, I have called upon an old friend, my old partner in crime, my old producer who has gone on to much better things at ESPN, The Brains behind the ESPN MMA social media handles from Twitter to Instagram to Facebook. The one and only New York Rick is back in the co-pilot seat to go through the awards. Just like old times, New York Rick. How are you, my friend? Uh, Thank you for that intro. Um, Deserved. I've certainly hustled and I've certainly worked my butt off, um, but this is where my heart is. This show, this this, uh, exchange between us is where my heart is. And I'll also say, uh, Tessa Hirsch will be very offended that you said I'm the brains behind it I because know. she is indeed. I wanted to see if you would give her the, uh, the Listen, props. You lay it up for me. Uh, you alley it for me. I'm going to dunk that one. Um, well-deserved but- props. Yes. To Tessa Hirsch, but you guys have done a fantastic job. Let me be the first to say, or the last to say 2020, you guys have crushed it. And, uh, and so here we are because you're, you'll recall, you know, when we first started doing the MMA Hour Awards uh, many moons ago, it was pretty much this, right? Me and you going through our picks back and forth, back and forth. Not a lot of producers, quote unquote, involved. Not a lot of, you know, snazzy, fancy graphics. It was just bare bones. Let's hand out some hardware. And speaking of hardware, how about this? Shout out to Corporate Jake and Elizabeth over on wow. the, uh, the ESPN MMA production team for making us this new and improved trophy. So this will go out to all the winners when, I don't know, maybe 2022, 2023, you'll get it at some point. I can't actually guarantee when you'll get it, but you will get it at some point. And so, like I said, New York, Rick, 20 categories, most prestigious, most comprehensive in, uh, in mixed martial arts. We're going to crisscross. We're going to go, we're going to go all around the, uh, what's that? 
I said old school. Old we'll school, yeah. And no, no particular order, but I have my own little order, but it's not traditional, if you will. And so uh, without further ado, it's it's been a crazy year. As you know, everything stopped in March. We had the two-month break. Then, of course, things uh, kicked back up in uh, in May and pretty much didn't stop until the end of the year. Uh, last year, I recall saying at the beginning of the award show, that, and, and I hope you, uh, you like the tux that I broke out. And you look very good as well in your familiar tux that you wore two years ago. Last year, I said I didn't feel good about any of my picks. This year, I feel great. I feel fantastic about all of my picks. I look forward to your horrible, uh, your, your hipster picks, your, your, your Ronda Rousey memorial picks of a few years back. And so without further ado, let's start with a really tough one because okay. it's no fun to go with the easy ones. Let's start with female fighter of the year one of the toughest ones i'll go first this time you know this was a tough one because no one really stood out usually there's one star one champion usually that sticks out uh, last year you know for me it was zhang wei li but this year no one really stood out of course you look at amanda nunes she only fought once right zhang wei li great fight against yuan and jacek but only fought once uh, there were some there were some other fighters that were active you know the likes of lauren murphy the likes of uh mckenzie dern active looked very good, picked up three wins, and I considered them. But in the end, my 2020 Female Fighter of the Year is the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko, 2-0, two successful title defenses, had the big win back in February, had the big win in November. And yes, much was made of the fact that Jennifer Maya won a round, but she came off of knee surgery. She looked dominant, and she's, she's pretty much in that territory now that if you win a round against her, it's like a whole big thing. So to me, defending the title twice – Yes, she didn't fight three times like some others. She didn't go three and no, but she successfully defended the title twice. She came off of knee surgery. She is still the queen of the 125s. My, my, my female fighter of the year, Valentina Shevchenko, yours. Great pick. Uh, it, was my, it was my second pick. Uh, she, she was second place for me. This is going to be controversial. I'm going, hips, I'm going full oh, hipster right go. off the bat because of how hard this field was. I'm going to pick Zhang Weili um, as, wow. my, as my fighter of the year. My okay, why? The strength of opposition, uh, it basically comes down to I value that win over Ioana higher than I value the wins of, of some of the other fighters. A win over Chukagan and Maya, great, solid resume, but I value the win over Ioana uh, more. Now, an argument could be made, an, argue, an argument could be certainly made that she didn't win that fight. There are people who scored that fight for Ioana. I scored it for Zhang. I thought Zhang did win that fight. Um, and to me, that is the most significant win for a female this year. And I don't rank any other higher. If she had any other win, um, it'd be a no brainer for me. It was tough. I almost went with Shevchenko, but I ultimately went with Zhang Weili. I'd have to look through the, uh, the history books. This might be the first time a male or female with wins one. the fighter of the year award after winning one fight and a very close fight, which as you said, a lot of people actually thought you won that fight. Again, I can't hate on it as much as you think I might have hated on it because no one really stood out. Like here I am picking someone who went 2-0, you're picking someone who went 1-0. But it, it does feel a little weird to just fight once and be considered the – I mean, at that point, why don't you pick Amanda Nunes? You know what I mean? She went 1-0 as well. I value the, the win over Joanna higher. Can I throw out one name? Yes. Yan Shonan, the, mm -hmm. the Chinese fighter. I mean, Karolina Kovalkiewicz and Claudia Gadelia. Those are, those are two big-time wins. As somebody who I don't think is going to get a lot of eyeballs on her um, just yet, um, that was that was a big time year. But it, as as you said, it was a very hard category this year because of how even everybody kind of was. 
Yeah, actually, uh, she's on their shortlist for strawweight contenders. You know, there's that whole thing going on right now with Rose Namajunas and whether or not she's going to take, uh, you know, the, the title fight. And yep. they're not exactly on, on the same page right now. Uh, there's talks if she doesn't get the title fight that they would book her versus Jan. So certainly someone that they're very high on. And, and could you imagine at some point her versus Zhang Wei Li? I Mass. mean, that's a fight that would have to be in China. Um, and hopefully, you know, the world returns to normal. Okay, so uh, we kick things off not agreeing. I wonder, I wonder how many of these we'll actually agree on. I and think this so, year we'll agree a lot. You think so? Even though we started off not agreeing. Um, and so, all right. So with that in mind, let's move along now to knockout of the year. Let's see if we agree on this one. You go first. Knockout of the year. I, I had to fight the urge to be a hipster here. Very, very hard. Uh, but it's Joaquin Buckley, the, mm -hmm. the KO. Uh, there, there's no... There's other uh, KOs that are better on style points, certainly. And, and in the past, I've picked awards based exclusively on style points. Uh, I think a Frank Mir knockout over, over Todd Duffy was, was one of my picks one year. Um, yeah, that was a horrendous pick. <laughs> Not as bad as Ronda, but it was pretty. It was pretty Kevin cool. Holland's knockout on Jacare was like very high on my list. It, it, mm. it, was, it was close for me. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's super clean KO. Even Conor McGregor's TKO against Cowboy. Dariush had two insane knockouts. Like all of a sudden, Benil Dariush is, is a, a power puncher um, or backfist. Hamzat in 18 seconds. Chaos Williams, Sean O'Malley, Jan um, on Corey Anderson. That one was brutal. Mm. Um, there, were, there were a lot to like here, but I fought every urge and it is Joaquin Buckley. There can be no other choice. Yeah, the spinning back kick. I agree with that one. Uh, DC picked the Kevin Holland one. It was a classic. You know, he, he was sort of, you know, a victim of the moment. Um, and the, the, the Holland knockout was tremendous. You mentioned a bunch of them. Garbrandt, um, uh, Sean O'Malley, the two Dariush ones. He had two great ones. Um, Corey Sanhagen as well had an amazing one. Mamed Khalidov in KSW had an incredible one. Uh, Magomed Bibulatov had an incredible one as well. There was a stretch there with a bunch of amazing knockouts. The Kevin Holland one is great, but the Buckley one was incredible for the speed, the athleticism, the, the, the force, the power. And on top of it, the way in which uh, Kasangane fell, right? Like, like just like the actual way that he fell to the mat was incredible as well. It was, it was, it was like a video game. It was like a movie. And then of course we have to mention the fact that Kanye West actually put it in a music. I don't know. Do we call that a music video? Because it was just like a video that he posted online, but it's not like an official mixtape. We, 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 whatever it is, it was significant. If Kanye yeah. West is all of a sudden using your knockout as the inspiration for, uh, for a video, we'll take it. All right. So that's knockout of the year. And by the way, failed to mention a couple of other honorable mentions for female fight of the year. I do want to mention Chris Cyborg who had an okay year as well, two wins and I mentioned Murphy and Dern, but I didn't mention Holly Holm, mm. who had a good year as well, picking up uh, a somewhat surprising win over Irene Aldana. All right, uh, let's move along now to fight of the year. And I'll go first on this one. Uh, you mentioned Zhang Weili versus Yuani and Jacek. And look, uh, th there were some others. Y you, you, gave, you gave Zhang the female fighter of the year because of that fight, because of how good she did. And, and that was an incredible fight. Uh, Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno was a phenomenal fight at the end of the year in December. Uh, Stipe versus DC was a great fight. I don't think a lot of people appreciated just how great that was, especially considering the stakes. John Jones versus Dominic Reyes feels like it happened 10 years ago at this point. And that was a fantastic fight and a compelling fight as well, because we all thought that Dominic was about to beat John Jones for the first time at light heavyweight first official time. 
course, there's Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos. There's Dustin Poirier versus Dan Hooker. There's also Dan Hooker versus Paul Felder that people have kind of forgotten over time because that was pre-pandemic. But in the end, it goes to Zhang Wei Li versus Yuan A. Jacek, in my opinion. One of the best fights we've ever seen, one of the best title fights we've ever seen, one of the best strawweight title fights we've ever seen, and perhaps most importantly, one of the best female fights we've ever seen. The second to last fight before the pandemic in Las Vegas, the hematoma, the fifth round, everything about it was tremendous. In the end, I give it to them over Moreno and Davison because of the way they finished it. It never stopped. They were going 100 miles an hour the entire time. As you mentioned, I picked uh, Zhang Wei Li as my female fighter of the year based on this fight. So how could I not have it as, as my fight of the year? We're in agreement on this one. I'm going to mention, you, you mentioned a ton of them. I'm going to mention some that uh, you didn't. Jan versus Aldo, um, for as long as it lasted, was absolutely tremendous. You know, and, I saw this on a lot of lists. Maybe I forgot. It felt very one-sided to me. No, not wasn't not until the end. At the mm. end, when when Jan was on top, pounding him out, it was over. It was done. It should have been stopped sooner. Before that, the body work um, that Aldo was doing was was looking like the Cheeto Vera fight. He he was there. He he came to fight. That one was really really solid. And and it's it's one of the themes that I love about fights of the year is that turning of tide. It's why Hooker and Poirier was one of the the mentions. It doesn't have to necessarily be sustained back and forth through five. Sometimes you can have that switch mid fight. Jan and Aldo was one of them. Jones and Reyes. Jones taking over in the later half. Um, of that fight was another example. Uh, Luque versus Price 2. That rematch was absolutely bonkers. Edgar versus Munoz was one of my personal favorites. It kind of like fell off some lists, but Edgar versus Munoz was a really good fight. Yeah. And then one that you could or could not have, depending on how you look at it, Volkanovski versus Holloway 2. And the reason I love that one so much was because you don't often see rematches that vastly different than the first fight. You'll see certain elements different, but that was such a completely different fight. And then it had that same turn of momentum where Volkanovski takes over in the later half. Um, I absolutely love that fight. I love that fight. Those were good ones. Yeah, that was uh, that was a, I think, a more entertaining fight than their first fight. Yep. And obviously on some people's list for robbery of the year. We don't do robbery of the year around here because we're very positive. We like to keep it yeah. positive. One year we did disappointment of the year and I felt very bad. I think I gave it to Alistair Overeem and I felt very <laughs> guilty afterwards. I don't remember this, but that's wrong. <laughs> yes. So we like to keep it positive. And uh, all right, so let's move along. Uh, you, you can't do fight of the year without pairing it with round of the year. Round of the year is always really tough because it's easy to remember the fights that were the best, but then to, to, to kind of zero in on a five minute stretch that stood out above the rest is always a tough one for me each and every year. What's your round of the year? I'm going to go with the conventional wisdom Poirier versus hooker round two. Um, again, the changing of tides, um, you know, hooker marching forward, Poirier kind of firing back. That one to me was the one with the highest stakes um, that also had the most action. I, I think stakes are important when we think about this and, and it's why, you know, my fight of the year was a title fight. Stakes are important. And I think the stakes in this one were very high and they both were, were slugging it out and, and going back and forth in that round. Another one for me, Figueredo versus Moreno round four. Round five was a little bit of a, of a letdown. Round four was probably the best round in that fight, in my opinion. And then some other like lower down the list ones, Daniel Rodriguez versus uh, Dwight Grant. It was one, it was one round. It, it ended in the first round, but the change in momentum was, was bonkers back and forth. Um, and Sasha Palatnikov versus Louis Kosi round one of that one as well. I, I mm. like, I like a, a very fast pace round one where both fighters seem like they're on the verge of finishing. And, uh, that one, that one was there. By the way, as, as I rifle these off, um, I'd be remiss if I don't give a shout out to the legend Kaposa, graphic oh, hitman sure. on, on Twitter who each and every year 
puts together a list, which I will uh, freely admit I use, I rely on it, uh, I, I depend on it. Uh, he is, I mean, he is the dawn of this sort of thing and he does it free of charge. And I always ask him how he can help him. He asked for nothing. I do want to give him a shout out. One of the best follows on Twitter, Kaposa, the legend, one of the smartest guys in our sport, in our community. I still don't know what he looks like, what his real name is, what he does for a living and how he's able to watch, you know, Dubai fighting championships nine at 3 a.m. on a random Thursday. But thank you very much to him as always for this great information. And also thank you to the guys at Tapology. They help a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a phenomenal resource, tapology.com and the ESPN stats and info group, which has helped a lot. Andrew Davis and the whole team over there. So I want to give him a shout out round of the year. There's a lot of great ones. Luke a. Price round Round one, Miguel Baeza and uh, Matt Brown. Round one, Kai Car France and Brandon Royville. Round one, Benil Darius, Drakkar Close. Round two was incredible. Figueredo Benavides, round one of their first fight was a great one, a little controversial. Cub Swanson, Daniel Pineda, round one, also great. Uh, round four of Figueredo Moreno was, was great, as you mentioned. Jan Aldo, round three was a great one before Jan, you know, put the hammer on Aldo. But in the end, the last minute of Poirier hooker round two was just amazing. And I remember thinking to myself, how is Dustin Poirier standing right now? Remember that? Like that was just nuts. That was, that was Hagler Hearns esque just back and forth back. And I thought he was about to get dropped and he never actually got dropped. So that's my pick round two Poirier hooker. We agree. And, and not only did he just not get finished, he's firing back. And and Mm -hmm. I think that's the difference in Dustin Poirier, just to go for a second in this fight at UFC 257 against Connor. He's a different fighter. The, 100%. His composure in those circumstances, as we saw in that fight, is why that's going to be a different fight. Um, incredible performance by both of them. Completely different fighter. The, the, I mean, this is a guy who got knocked out by Michael Johnson, right? Like that. Oh, that Michael Johnson's got some pop. I'm just saying that fighter maybe doesn't, you know, last the onslaught that was, uh, that was brought on him by Dan Hooker. If you haven't seen that fight, and Dan Hooker obviously uh, just announced recently on that card as well just one of the best fights of the year and and in 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 some years would win the fight of the year award but Zhang Wei Li versus Joanna Janjacek. All right, let's move along now. Okay, this is going to be fun. I'm going to pair these two together. Okay. Let's go breakout fighter of the year. This is a this is a hotly debated one for this year, more so than recent years. Uh I who went la- who went first last time? I've I've lost I've lost track. I did. You did. Okay, so I'll go first this time. Breakout fighter of the year. My breakout fighter of the year is Hamzat Shemaev. Now, why is he my breakout fighter of the year? Hamzat Shemaev, this time last year, let's be honest, unless you're Kaposa, you didn't know who he was. Like, you didn't know this guy existed, right? Like, you had no idea who this man was. You had never heard of him. Comes on the scene, gets the two wins on Fight Island, is the star of Fight Island, is the star of the summer, and then as a major player on one of the most loaded fight night cards of the year, annihilates Gerald Merchardt. Unfortunately, he's lost some momentum. The way they've handled this Leon Edwards situation, I think, has been uh, ill-advised. They should have had him on the December 19th card. They should keep Leon Edwards on the January 20th card. But I digress. When you talk about a guy who broke out, who's a star, who has over a million Instagram followers, I don't know what he had when he came in, but I, I can assure you he wasn't even close to that. Hamza Chemaev is the breakout fighter of the year. Obviously, there are other choices that you could go with. There are names like Kevin Holland, whose whose name might come up later on in the program as well. And I'm curious to hear what your pick is, but I'll, I'll mention some others. Chaos Williams, Joaquin Buckley, 
Uh, Charles Oliveira, in many respects, I know that's crazy considering the fact he's been around for 10 years, but he definitely broke out, took a big step. Drew Dober lost a bit of momentum, but did have a big year as well. Marvin Vittori, big year. Love you, Marvin. Grazie mille. Ciao, ragazzo. Uh, thank you for, for the shout out. But in the end, Hamza Chemaev, when you talk about breakout, it's quintessential breakout. The guy was unknown, broke out, and now is fighting the number two guy. I mean, how could you go with anyone else? It's Hamza Chemaev. I, I echo oh, this. Now, okay. I'm surprised you picked Hamza because I think when we were discussing this initially, pre-awards, this is maybe like two months ago, I said that Hamza Chemaev was the breakout fighter of the new year. And I believe I got a little bit of pushback, but I'm glad to see you come around. Um, it is Hamza Chemaev. Kevin Holland, incredible year. One I'd argue that isn't getting enough shine that I think is probably ahead of Kevin Holland on my ranking, at least, is Davison Figueredo. Like, great call. He he broke out this year. It, yeah. it wasn't just like at the end of last year. I don't think anybody thought about him as the title contender, the next guy up. All or yes, he probably was a title contender, but he wasn't the guy that he was going to be by the end of this year. And I think this was, this was all contained in one year. That's kind of like one of the things that I try to think about when, when it comes to this category. So I, my ranking is actually Hamza Figueredo, then Holland. And then some of the ones you mentioned, a lot of the ones you mentioned and, and two that I had that, that weren't on your list, uh, Amanda Rivas. I thought it was a really yeah. um, good year for her and, and her, her star is shining bright now and Jamal Hill. Um, mm. that guy was everywhere yep. all of a sudden and, and putting on incredible performances. Um, but there were so many this year, this year had so much opportunity for these type of fighters. Um, it was, it was a very hotly contested category, but Hamza went from nothing to something to everything in the span of three months. Shout out to Figueredo. Great call on that one. Because again, yep. not as much as, as, as Hamza in the sense that he had UFC fights, but let's be yeah. honest, going into the Benavides fight, no one was talking about him. No one no. knew who he was. He walks into my house, slaps me in the face. I have no idea who he is. I think he's the UPS guy, right? And, and now look at him. He's the face of the, of, of the flyweight division, might be the fighter of the year. So that's a great call. Everyone that you mentioned, great call. So I'll, I'll pair breakout fighter with most improved mm. fighter. You go first. This one was very easy for me. This is typically a hard one for me. This one yeah. was very, very easy. Brian Ortega. Mm. Brian Ortega is my most improved. After one fight? Yes, but think about this. And, and this yeah. is why he's my most improved. His last fight was that loss to Max Holloway. Mm -hmm. Disappeared afterwards. Yeah. 2018, end of 2018. When he came back, that didn't even look like Brian Ortega. That looked like a completely different person. He, he took his game that had failed him against Max Holloway and turned it into something where he dominated a Korean zombie that I thought was, was going to be the favorite in that fight. I thought Korean zombie was going to have too much pressure for him. I couldn't even recognize that Brian Ortega, the improvements that he made not fight over fight, but alone behind the scenes can't like, you can't even overstate how impressive that is. So for me, it was Brian Ortega. There's lots of people who had the reps and, and des are deservedly on this list, like a Marvin Vittori you mentioned, Mackenzie Dern, Brandon Moreno, Kevin Holland, Dan Ige, Angela Hill, Lauren Murphy, Gilbert Burns, Daniel Dariush, Penny Kianzad, Michael P Pereira. There's a lot of guys and girls. Uh, but for me, the work that Brian Ortega did in the dark and then showed on that stage, it's impossible for me to pick anybody else. Great one. Although I think you made the case for him potentially being the comeback fighter of the year, considering that layoff. We'll get to that in a second. I'll name some other names that you missed. Marvin Vittori, um, Brandon Moreno, Figueredo as well. 
very much improved, sure. right? Sure. Uh, Marlon Vera, I know he lost to Aldo, but I think he made some strides, and I, and I still think he's going to mm. be a future title contender. Calvin Cater has made some big strides, right? And has the big fight coming up on January 16th on ABC, I might add, against uh, Max Holloway. Lauren Murphy has made some strides. Good call on Gilbert Burns, although he's lost all momentum. I mean, this this year could have been the Gilbert Burns year. He started with the gimmick of anyone, anytime, and then just kind of squatted on the title shot. I mean, you can't beat Donald Cerrone Jr. and then squat on a title shot. Cerrone would never do that. But I digress. The winner of the most improved fighter of the year, it's a very easy one. It's a guy who ended the year losing via submission to Brendan Allen, three and two in the UFC at that point, only one finish in the octagon, and then finishes 2020 the following year, going five and zero in seven months, four finishes, potential knockout of the year, potential breakout fighter of the year, potential fighter of the year. It's Kevin Holland. It's Big Mouth. That guy. Who would have thought Kevin Holland would be as good as he is today a year ago after the loss to Brendan Allen via submission? No one improved more than him. You thought? Get out of here. You thought? Big Kevin Holland. Hodak thought. <laughs> um. Uh, amazing pick Kevin Holland is is deservedly on that list the art the one thing I would say for this category and why it's so tough is it's hard to gauge right like the skills that are kind of being built there like from year to year it's a tough category but certainly ending the year getting submitted by another top prospect in Brendan Allen and then flipping five and oh like something improved in in that and uh Kevin Holland deserves that and I can't wait for his fight against Derek Brunson great rivalry there now uh, okay, so we mentioned comeback. Let's do comeback now. You brought up a good one, Brian Ortega. Now, other people usually do comeback as like comeback in an actual fight. Yeah. To me, that's no fun. I like comeback fight of the year. Someone that was down and out, someone that was off you know, the grid, not on the radar, and then comes back and has a big year. You mentioned one, Brian Ortega. I mean, he could very well win it. He might be your winner. He's not my winner. Another yeah. one, Holly Holm, right? Lost to Chris Cyborg. Got knocked out, excuse me, Amanda Nunes got knocked out and then comes back with two big wins this past year. What about Rose Namajunas, right? Loses the belt, comes back, big win, fought only once, but that's a comeback fight of the year. What about Rafael Dos Anjos returning to 155? That's a great comeback fighter of the year candidate. Uh, I mentioned oh, Chris Cyborg as well with Bellator, had a nice comeback year. But in the end, to me, this actually was fairly easy. Because if you remember the way in which Robert Whitaker ended 2019, getting completely outclassed by Israel Desanya, and then you remember in January finding out that he was quote-unquote burnt out and had to pull out of the fight against Jared Cannonier, and then you see the way in which he looked against Darren Till in July, and then you see the way in which he looked against Jared Cannonier in October, comeback fighter of the year, Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker. It's a, it's a tremendous pick. Um, I had him third, um, and I'll give a little bit of a preview. He was on my male fighter of the year list. The two mm-hmm. wins that he had this year, Till and Cannoneer, those are the top two contenders and he just knocked them off. That is impressive. Um, he was third on my list for the reason being that Brian Ortega is my comeback fighter of the year because of you know what I discussed it in most improved. He gets two awards, huh? Ortega gets two. The only one I think, no, Zhang, Zhang won two for me too. Right. Um, but Brian Ortega gets two. And my second one, similar story, Sean Strickland. Hadn't fought since October of 2018, comes back and wins twice, I believe, this year. Um, Just completely reinvents himself, comes back, different fighter, um, and looked impressive doing it. That's where my mind goes when I think of the comeback is and why famously Ronda Rousey once won uh, the award from me. Um, Oh, that was the best. For those that don't know, (laughs) 
this guy gave Ronda Rousey the Comeback Fighter of the Year award. I mean, the real fans will know, but let's just revisit for a quick second. Comeback Fighter of the Year award against when, when she fought Amanda Nunes, got starched in less than a minute, was like a shell of her former self all week long, didn't do any media, didn't show up, was like afraid of almost like having her face shown on camera. And for some reason, the fact that like the corpse of Ronda Rousey showed up, that was good enough for you to get Comeback Fighter of the Year. One of, I mean, one of the most... There's no way that you actually believe that. I'll, I'll believe that till this day that you actually believe she deserved it. But it was one of the all-time great hipster picks. Listen, she was facing a lot of adversity and she showed up. <laughs> and she did. And, and she, yeah, she, she literally showed just up. showed up. That's it. And she showed up when, when the chips were down. But um, to get back on track, Ortega and Strickland, that story to me, that, that is how you win comeback. But certainly in a normal year where you don't have a storyline like that, Holly Holm, Robert Whitaker, those are top of my list. Tisha Torres is one who had a really good year. Like, I think she lost four in a row yeah. uh, last year and then all of a sudden comes back, wins twice or three times. Um, and Rob Font off from uh, ACL tear and comes back and puts on that performance yep. he did against Marlon Rice. That's, that's big time. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply. Okay. Let's move along here because uh, Jordan and TST, they get very anxious when the clock starts to turn to uh, 30 minutes. They get very anxious over there. Uh, let's uh, let's talk. You're the, you're the betting expert around these parts, mm -hmm. right? So let's go with upset of the year. Now, this can go in many different ways. Some will just look at the odds. Some will yep. look at it as, you know, okay, this person versus that person. We didn't think this person would win. Who's your upset of the year? My upset of the year is Roxanne Mataferi versus Macy Barber. Uh, mm -hmm. Roxanne winning that fight. It wasn't the biggest statistical upset of the year, although it was, it was close. It was one of the bigger uh, statistical upsets. Um, but I think people did not give her any chance um, in that fight. And uh, Macy Barber was the prospect on the rise. That matchup felt like one where it's like, this is the stepping stone for Macy Barber. She moves on um, and Roxanne falls back into the pack. Uh, but she showed that that's not the case. And, and that was my pick. And I, some others worth shouting out, Shauna Dobson, um, her upset over uh, Agapova was the biggest um, statistical upset of the year. Yeah, but like the, the is like... What you're you going to say I mean? is like they're unknown. How do you yeah, they're know unknown. the odds right. are going to be on that? It's right. very hard to cap it. So yeah, I agree with you. Like that doesn't signify anything for me. Um, it is a huge win for Shauna. Don't get me wrong. Like I think that is significant and I think it was an upset and I think her showing her toughness was great, but statistically it's hard to say this is a bigger upset than that when, when they're unknowns, it's harder to cap that. Yeah. Uh, Trevin Jones, Trevin five-star Jones mm -hmm. versus Tamar Valiev. Yeah. Um, after look after three, 10, eights in the first round, looking like he was done comes back and wins in the second over a huge favorite 
tremendous. And then Jan Blakovich versus uh, Dominic Reyes. I think statistically, not a huge one. Odds-wise, not a huge one. But I think people thought that Reyes was the uncrowned king, and he came in and, and shook that up. Okay, I, I agree with all of those, and I agree with your, your winner as well. Um, in hindsight, we probably, you know, disrespected Roxanne a little too much going into that fight. But uh, I think I I looked, I'm not good at looking these things. I think at one point Macy was like a minus 1000 going into that fight. This was really like a stepping stone fight for her. It was a showcase fight for her on the Connor Cerrone card. And yes, she got hurt and we haven't seen her since we're going to see her in the uh, first quarter of 2021, but Roxanne pulling that off and, in some weird way, like being one of the top stories coming out of that Connor Cerrone card, not the top story, but like the vet who I think, you know, like Macy was five years old when Roxy made her MMA debut. That was the upset of the year. I don't like to just look at the odds when it comes to these. Um, but this one had the story. It had the kind of David versus Goliath for lack of a better analogy and the odds. So that will win my upset of the year as well. Let's go to rivalry of the year. Now um, it was a weird year in the sense that a lot of the biggest names didn't fight, right? Or they didn't fight very often, right? It was like one of those years where you, you said it earlier, people took advantage of the situation. They took advantage of the fact that they were able to fight consistently. But when you consider the fact that Connor only fought once, Nate Diaz didn't fight, Jorge Masvidal only fought once, John Jones only fought once, Stipe only fought once. Like a lot of the biggest names didn't fight. And usually when you have the biggest names, you have the biggest rivalries. And so it was a tough one like when I was like racking my brain, I was like, okay, interesting. Not a lot of great ones, but there was one for me that kind of stood above the rest. I'll mention a couple others before I give you my pick DC and Stipe, you know, had the rivalry that kind of played out on DC and Hawani. So that was fun. Although Stipe didn't really engage all that much, but when you have a trilogy that has to get a nod, Masvidal Usman could have been so much better had it not been put together on a week's notice. Had they actually like booked it three months out and we'd got the trash talk and all that stuff. But to me, the one that stood above the rest was Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa because it had the heat. They hated each other, the sports center appearance, the back and forth. And then it ends not with a hug, not with, you know, props, but it, it ends with, you know, Izzy disrespecting him, humiliating him. And then it also ends, you know, with internet Izzy being born in quarantine with him just like pouring it on and then Costa telling him to sign the contract for this fictitious rematch that is not going to happen anytime soon. Izzy and Paolo hate each other. They will always hate each other. That to me was my rivalry of the year. That, that was my number two. Um, wow. I, it was my number two and you'll, you'll see why in a second. Covington uh, versus Woodley was my number three. Um, it lost a little luster. I think, yeah. I think it took too long. It took way too long to put together. And by the time it was put together, they both cooled off on it a little bit. Like, I don't think there was as much heat there. They were kind of going through the motions. In my yeah. opinion, I don't yeah. feel like that was it. And I think Covington has his eye on Masvidal and has his eye on Usman more so than he had his eye on Woodley. So um, it was still my number three, but it was, it was a tough year for that. Mine is one that didn't play out in the cage. And I'll always, I'll always pick what I really feel. And that's Adesanya versus Jones. It took to a new level this year. It played out on social media. It didn't play out in the fight, but that, that is the rivalry that people care the most about right now in 2020. Oh, sorry. In 2021, right. uh, in MMA, it didn't ha- they didn't, it didn't culminate in a fight. Like a lot of them didn't, as you mentioned, which was a little bit weird. Um, but Adesanya versus Jones playing out over social media, I felt was more, 
That one is more personal to Izzy than the shots that he took at Costa, which were great. Uh, Meme Majesty is is top tier, but uh, the ones that he's taking at Jones and the ones that Jones is taking back are, to me, made that the rivalry of the year. And we may never even get that fight, and it's still the rivalry of the year for me. Not a bad one. Although when I think of it, I think of a a rivalry that actually played out. But it's fair. fair. It's fair. Um, With that in mind, I'll also give an honorable mention to John Jones versus the UFC and Conor McGregor versus the UFC. That was quite the rivalry, especially in the summertime. Um, But in the end, I'll I'll give it to one that played out. I I don't hate your pick as well, even though the fight actually didn't play out. And I'm kind of worried that it won't play out anytime soon. Uh, Let's go to a super tough one now. Let's go to submission of the year. Hmm. You go first. Okay. I didn't think this one was particularly tough. Interesting. Much like knockouts, typically for me, this one is a style points one, but sometimes there's a little more story to it. There's a little more mm-hmm. stakes to it. Yep. And to me, it was Nirmaga Madoff versus Gaethje, Gaethje mm-hmm. the triangle for a few reasons. One, the stakes, the title fight, This, and, and not only the title fight, not only the fact that these are probably two of the best lightweights on the planet, but Habib going in knowing that this is the last one, going in knowing that, or for now, the last one that he intends it to be the last one. Uh, the story from Daniel Cormier on DC and Hawani about uh, Habib deciding not to hurt Justin Gaethje. Mm-hmm. Now, you can believe that or not believe that. I've looked, at, I've looked at the submission and I believe that that is true. Not the first time, but the second time he had him in that submission. I believe that he truly did want to triangle him instead of armbar him. Um, and... The, the circumstances surrounding it, the execution of that, to pull off a triangle in that high level of a fight, to me, this was the this was number one and everything else was underneath. There were plenty of great ones. McKee versus Caldwell, the modified like neck crank type I submission. I thought you would go with the McKee team. I usually go style points. I usually yeah. do. But this one was, the, oh, the evidence was overwhelming here. Flying triangle from uh, Jimmy Flick, Lipsky's knee bar, Dern's first um, leg lock, first leg lock in women's history. Durandamy versus Pena, that third round uh, guillotine that she mm-hmm. pulled off. Sterling versus Sandhagen just because of the stakes and how quickly he was able to do that. Uh, but for me, it was Habib and then everybody else. It was very easy for me. Oliveira Lee was a great one. Um, Jack Hermanson, Kelvin Gaslam was a great one. Uh, Davis Figueredo versus Alex Perez, a great one as well. Um, you mentioned the others. McKee Caldwell was great and super unique and, and I thought was going to be my, my pick. But I'll be honest with you, I talked to a lot of big names, veterans, and they all weren't impressed. They all thought that Caldwell did a very amateur move and, and should have gotten out of it. And, you know, I, I couldn't ignore that. Like when I kept thinking of this one, I was like, we've never seen something like that before. It looks very impressive to me, but who the hell am I? When I talk to people who I respect, who have fought, who have done this before, they were all like Caldwell messed up. That was that was one-on-one stuff, and he shouldn't have put himself in that position. So with that in mind, I agree with your pick. I went with Nurmagomedov and mm. Gaethje because of the stakes, because of the way he set it up. Remember, he got leg kicked, and then he like almost transitioned into the shot. And also, supposedly, that was his father's favorite submission. Right. And also, that was his first ever submission, his first win. Was, was via that same move. The triangle was amazing to do it like that, plus the moment and everything. I mean, and, and to do it against a guy like Gaethje, to, to make a guy like that, you know, submit was, was incredible. So yeah, uh, I know it might not be, you know, people might not be as impressed with the mounted triangle as, you know, like you're watching it and you're not like, whoa, but like if you actually understand how he pulled that off against someone as tough as Gaethje to me and, and in the title fight, 
and, and considering everything he was going through and then considering the symbolism, to me, it goes to uh, Habib over Gaethje. So that's a great pick on your part. Um, all right. This is a tough one. This has got, this has to be one of the toughest ones. Coach of the year. Coach of the year is always really controversial. Um, it's always really tough. Lest we forget uh, Captain Eric Albarcin still hasn't talked to me a year later uh, for, for me not giving him the pick last year. I, I maintain Eugene Behrman deserved it. And some might even say he deserved it this year as well. Uh, there were some names that stood out. Henry Hooft had a great year. He's doing great things once again in South Florida. Eugene Behrman, City Kickboxing, another great year. Mike Brown is always in consideration. Great year for him and the entire ATT team. But in the end, I went with Trevor Whitman as my 2020 Coach of the Year for the work that he did with Justin Gaethje. Yes, he lost to Khabib, but let's not forget about the win over Tony Ferguson. The work that he did with Rose Namajunas to bring her back um, and look as good as she did against Jessica Andrade. And let's not forget Kamara Usman went to work with him and he cornered Kamara Usman when the whole thing with Gilbert Burns happened. In the end, he didn't fight Gilbert Burns, but I mean, to me, he made Kamara Usman into a, bit, a better fighter, has turned into a great broadcaster. That's not why I'm giving him this award, but I think he had a great year. Again, it was a tough one. No one really stood out to me like last year, but Trevor Whitman, my 2020 coach of the year. This is my hardest one every single year. Mm-hmm. By far, hardest one. And, and I'll explain why quickly. You don't see the work behind the scenes. So it's so tough. To, and, yeah. and you don't know. And they've been working with these fighters for so long. You don't know if that coaching took more effect last year, this year. It's such a tough award. It really is. And, and you mentioned so many of the names. Um, Tyson Chartier, uh, I, think he's, uh, I think he's worth a shout. Um, James Krause, always a great coach. Um, Eric Nixick, I think, is worth a shout. Yep. Because it seemed like every time somebody lost a corner at Fight Island, Eric Nixick was there to kind of fill in. Um, tremendous job by him, uh, just being that available and making himself available to these fighters that needed help. I, I, I respect the hell out of that. Um, George Hickman over at Tiger Muay Thai, like the stuff that Tiger Muay Thai is doing, um, I think deserves a lot of, a lot of shine. They have lots of coaches over there, but head, head MMA coach, George Hickman, Mike Brown, obviously. Um, I'm cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm telling you now, oh, I'm going to cheat. Go. I'm cheating. I'm getting my Pokemon water ready for this. I'm going to say that my pick for this year is Abdulmanap Nurmagomedov. Can't hate on it. And Can't hate on it. Nice he'll, never, he'll never be able to win this award. He never would have in the past because of Habib's association with AKA. There's so many factors yeah. involved here. There's nice. never going to be a year that this can be it. This is the year. You Everybody else chills, is deserving. I'm about to cry right now. And I feel like I'm taking away from people, but yeah. this, has to, this has to be the year that he gets it. And, and I'm cheating. And I yeah. fully recognize I'm cheating, but that is the pick. For this oh gosh all right i mean i can't well what am i going to say to that you're going to make me cry I'm, you I'm gave cheated. me chills when you said when you said his name yeah obviously he passed away due to complications from covid and that's why you know habib was so uh emotional everyone you speak of from dc to habib to everyone involved speaks so highly of him may he rest in peace what can i say uh and and doesn't get enough credit for the army right the dagestani yeah. army it's not just habib it's all those guys it's islam it's all those guys that he played a part in shaping their career. So I'm not going to hate on it. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's an anti-hipster pick on you, on your you. part. That was tremendous. But no, I mean, you, you, you made the, the perfect point is like how many years he's been doing this and yeah. how many guys he's built up besides Habib, who is in the running for the greatest fighter of all time. And I don't think he's ever kind of like been in conversation about this award. It's very hard to kind of like yeah, get a game. You're right. it. He deserves some kind of recognition here. And, and I think we'd agree on that.
in some respects, it's kind of a popularity award because there's a lot of guys who don't get the pub. You know, like Tyson is a perfect example of that. He's getting it now. And Eric's another perfect example of that. But we, we tend to talk about like the same four or five guys. And uh, that's not right. So I, I love the pick. It's a great pick. And uh, I will not hate on it. Let's move along to walkout of the year. Always a fun one. Um, yeah, I went first last time. So this was a weird one, of course, because, you know, things changed in March. I'm curious to, to see what you go with walkout of the year. So mine, it took a little bit of digging because mm-hmm. I really like thought long and hard about this. I had a feeling which one I think you're going to pick because um, I know how I know how much you love it. Like, yeah, well, I, I've it. talked about it. So no yeah, secret. Like, yeah, it's a hard one to top. I wanted to do a different one. And I dug and I found one that I, that I think is significant. And that is Montel Jackson walking out in Raleigh on January 25th, beginning of the nice. year, yeah. to Whitney Houston, mm. I will always love you. It's not bad. And the reason, it's not just that he walked out to Whitney Houston, which sometimes it's like the ha-ha, like the guy walked out to, a, to a, 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 you know, a ballad or something. His coach, Jake Clip, his mother had died. Wow. And he didn't tell him he was going to pick that song. Wow. But there was some significance in that relationship in picking that song. And Heidi Dean, who works at the USC, is texting him saying, like, are you sure you're, you're really like Montel Jackson? Like, do you really want to pick this? And he's like, yes, yes, yes. She's like, I'll see you in person. I got to ask you. Sees him in person. It's really my song. And so he dedicated that walkout. It was a tribute to his coach's mother who had passed. Wow. Um, you could see him get emotional if you kind of like watch back the clip. Uh, tremendous, like using that platform to do something for your coach, right. As you're about to go into the cage and it, it meant everything to him. And, uh, that was, that was my pick. And then I'm not going to say any more because I think we'll have similar ones on our list. So, so I'll let you, well, that's a fantastic pick. And this is why I'm happy that you have the job that you have now, because like five years ago, you were very surface level, but now you have to watch all these things because of your job as a social media guru at ESPN MMA. So you would, you would remember things like that. So that's an amazing pick. My, my walk out of the year is one that I've talked about as being one of my favorite moments of the year because, you know, Darren Till was such a, a, a bright light at the beginning of the pandemic when things were really bleak. He was so much fun on social media, and perhaps he will come up later in the show again for his uh, exploits on social media. But for him to have one of the most fun walkout songs in the sport, Sweet Caroline, we remember Liverpool, we even remember Dallas, Texas. And then for him to walk out to nothing, to no music prior to his fight against Robert Whitaker. And then I asked him afterwards why he said, look, that's for the fans. The fans weren't there. I even get goosebumps talking about it right now. That was a really cool moment. And, and like a very, it was a very aware moment on his part. It was just, it was touching. It really was uh, till, you know, he could be a little uh, not very PC at times. He could do the, but, and, and, and certainly he has had his uh, mishaps, but uh, he's got a heart, a good heart, a heart of gold in, in many respects. And I just love that nod to the fans not being there. So uh, I don't think I've ever given it out to someone who walked out to no music. And it's not your traditional walkout. It didn't even last very long because he just ran in. But Darren Till walking out to nothing against Robert Whitaker prior to the Whitaker fight to me was a very easy choice. Can I ask you something? I'm sure you talked to him about this and, and I'm forgetting. Did he say how long that decision took him to make? Like, I know, I know you've asked him about it. Did he say? Yeah, I didn't ask him how long or, or even how he came to the conclusion that he would go with that. Um, and, and I will now that you bring it up. Uh, I just love, like, no one really shouted out the fans like that. Like, people said, hey, I miss the fans and all that stuff. But, like, that to me was, 
in some respects, like Till's kind of like the people's champ. You know what I mean? Like he he has like a Bisping vibe to him and, and the UK fans, they really rally around their guys and he's kind of the new Bisping in that respect. And for him to not play it because they weren't there, I just, I love the symbolism. It, it's it. tremendous. And I think it's so uniquely Darren Till because if I had to guess, I would guess that he made that decision in two minutes. I would yeah. guess that it's so innate to him that he's like, if I'm not sharing this with my people, I'm not doing it. That's who it's for. That I would guess he made that decision rather quickly because of who he is, because of how his his mind seems to work. Um, it, it was it was the pick. I, I would have naturally went with it as well, but I wanted to give an, another shout uh, to Montel Jackson who, who did something special, but powerful. Powerful is the only way to describe what that was. Shout out to Israel Adesanya prior to the Yo Romero fight. It was different. Yep. It wasn't what we expected, but it was very unique as well. Speaking of the fans, not a lot to choose from this year as far as crowd of the year because everything pretty much stopped in March. And yes, there were a couple of shows towards the end of the year with crowds, but like nothing of note. So this, this award was a weird one. Uh, but honestly, and I'll go first here, this might have won had it been a normal year. Hmm. The UFC 246 crowd, the return of Connor in Las Vegas in January, T-Mobile Arena, which historically isn't the best crowd because it's all the high rollers. They show yeah. up late. It was deafening when he won. Like, I could not even hear what he said. Like, the all you mouthy fools can get yeah. it. Like, I couldn't even hear that until after the fact. I saw the clips online. Uh, so that's my crowd of the year. The Las Vegas crowd historically doesn't win when I give out this mm. award. It's usually like, you know, Ireland or Edmonton or something like that. Yeah. But that crowd was on fire. And yes, only three months to choose from, essentially. But they were super loud, especially for the end of the, the the card and Connor's win. So that's my crowd of the year, UFC 246 Las Vegas. I had the same because it was the biggest and the loudest. And I was there and I could hear, you know, or not hear the same thing you could. I didn't have another option. Like, do you pick McMaynard by himself playing a crowd in it's not Brazil? A bad <laughs> <laughs> you want to be a real hipster? But to me, depressing. that Connor fight. Uh, the, the eyes on it, the, the feeling in that arena, like it was tense. It was tense before that, that uh, opening bell. And then once the knockout happened, the, the, it was deafening um, in there. So I think this was like the only one I could think of that, that was even in the running. So yeah, I, I agree. 246 for sure. in Las Vegas. Okay. So from crowd of the year, let's go to event of the year. Okay. Many to choose from here. Weird events all year long. Most of them in empty arenas, but some great cards, especially back into the year. Your pick. While UFC 256 is everybody's sweetheart and was the sleeper hit of the year, closed out the show, the star power from top to bottom of UFC 249 cannot be matched. I don't think we'll see a card like that for a very long time, if ever. I'm talking about it. it wasn't that stacked. You're crazy. Oh, it was. What do you mean we won't see a card like that for a very long time? It wasn't that great. Mm, I these think people... Days- People These hold things- it in such high regard because of the fact that it was the first one back and there was all this. There's that. But it was headlined by an rec- interim title fight, for God's sakes. The name recognition on the first fight of the night is significantly different than the name recognition on the, on the first fight of the night on upcoming cards, cards last year. 249 yeah. from first fight to last fight had intrigue in every single fight. Um, it was a mega card. It was all these cards that fell apart. They put it together. Um, and to me, that, that consistent um, level of, of opposition and that consistent level of fighting made it more significant to me than UFC 256, which, you know, on its merit uh, was tremendous and, and both had some amazing like fight, fight of the year contenders, knockouts, things like that. For me, 249 edged 256. 254 was solid. 246 yeah. was solid. 
249 was good, but it wasn't as good as 256. UFC 256 is my pick. It lost a ton of fights, you'll recall. Yeah. Every single fight was fun. Every yeah. single fight ended. I and there were a couple of decisions here and there, but they were all very exciting fights that meant something. That I mean, like, let's go through the list right here. Let's just go through the main card. Okay, Surreal Gain versus JDS. This is this is my card. This is 256. Yeah. Your your card, 249, started with Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. I win. All right, let's go to the next fight. Kevin Holland versus Jacare. Your second fight was Calvin Cater, Jeremy Stevens. Great finish. Yeah. I still win. I still win. Uh, Mackenzie Dern versus Verna Janjiroba versus Nganu Rosenstrike. All right, I'll give you the nod on that one. Cejudo Cruz on yours versus Tony Ferguson, Charles Oliveira. I mean, oh, that's stop. a wash. Oh, that's stop. a wash right there. That is not Oliveira a wash. beating Ferguson. And then arguably the fight of the year up against Gaethje Ferguson, which was somewhat one-sided, right? And then we could talk. That okay, is not yes, a wash. You had, you had Pettis on the prelims and, and yep. this and that. Okay, but we had... We had great performances from uh, uh, Rafael Faziv. We had the, the the Tisha Torres win, the doctor stoppage. Go, go further down the card. Go all the way Cub to the Swanson, start. who, by the way, we need to give Cub Swanson a shout out for comeback fighter. We didn't, we fair, didn't, uh, fair. Yeah, we didn't mention omission. Him. Omission. Yeah. Uh, Chase go, Hooper, go. the submission. I mean, come on, 256. And it I ends, and, and it ends like in an indecisive way, like that, which I think actually makes it better in some respects. Yeah, sure. The draw you know helps. I mean? The draw helps. Um, Look, do the research yourself. Pull those cards up side by side and you tell and you tell us. I say 249. Right. But most people thought it was either 49 or 56. Narrowly edging, like yeah. 256 was an absolute banger. And one of those that, you know, the, the common cliche of like you never know till they play out, the fights are not on paper. But look, th- this proved it. Like watch the watch the card and and see what happens. I always love poster of the year. It's one of my favorite parts of the fight Hard game. For me. This was a tough one. Um, I will admit not a lot of great ones. You know, usually you go, you go right to Invicta. There's some great yep. ones this year. didn't really stand out. You go right to Ryzen. Great ones this year. didn't really stand out. I have been very critical of the UFC posters over the last few years, especially in the WME era. Yeah. They have gotten better this year or this past year started off very poorly. Remember the, the Cerrone Connor poster was Wasn't not good. It was uh, very, you know, formulaic, unimaginative, but they got much better as the year went on. I'll give a couple shout outs and I'll go, I'll give a couple of uh, deep cuts here if okay. I can. And I do want to shout out, I, I did most of the, the awards I kind of picked on my own, but I did, uh, I did pull two other people for this one because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't forgetting any because it okay. was uh, such a tough one. So Kaposa, I asked about this one. I also asked Steven, and I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing his name correctly, Kelleher of yeah. uh, tapology who's yep. the man and again does a great job with that site deep 95 uh oh, invicta wow. okay. phoenix series three and and this is one of the this is one of the few awards that it, you know we're, we're not you know sprucing things up but you can go look them up yourself uh invicta phoenix series three uh rise in 21 and 22 deserve some love but how about these as far as the ufc is concerned cormier steep a3 was solid both Figueredo Benavidez posters, and in particular, mm. the, the first one with the title in the middle was solid as well. Uh, I liked, believe it or not, Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira. There was something very cool about it. The big faces. I liked yeah. it. Look it up. But in the end, I went with Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva for a couple reasons. Look it up. It has an old school sketch feel to it. You got this one too. It had Thank the you. orange for Halloween. Uh, I, it was the first ever UFC card on Halloween. I liked the drawing. 
Could it have been much better? Yes. I don't like how like they just had them stiff there, mm-hmm. but there was something like kind of 1976 about the whole thing. I like the orange. I like the black. Anderson Silva, your eye hall. This might be the first time I ever give a UFC poster the award, but there it is. That's my poster of the year. So we agree. That was mine wow. too. It was, it was understated, but it hit the right notes. I, f- I felt like that was the one. Um, I think a lot of this comes to lack of events, right? Like Ryzen, Invicta, they just didn't have as many events. They didn't have as many opportunities to kind of get the posters out there where they're typically the ones that, that lead this category. Silva Hall was it for me. I had Miocic and Cormier second. Um, I also liked Ortega versus Zombie. It was like block lettering, but you yeah. saw their faces in it. Yeah. And uh, I Felder and Hooker, super simple one, but it was black and white and cursive script. I, I liked that. I, I kind of like a, a simple poster. I like an understated poster. And these were some of the more simple ones. Uh, but for me, Silva and Hall, look at that. Same, same one. I'm surprised because I, I mean, like these, these events just came fast and furious. Yeah. So they were so, you know, they kind of blended all together. Bellator has, has gone better with their posters, but they still have a little ways to go, but they have gone better. They used to be really, really bad. Um, so I'd like to see the poster game evolve the, and get better in 2021. The poster game in MMA though, continues to kind of go up slowly. Yeah. It's making incremental, but yeah, I mean, I'm, the early I'm, days were horrendous. They were very, you know, they were too busy, but like we need to, we need to get back some of those cl- the, the pride ones were great. Early rising was great. Just this year was a little unimaginable, but you know what? Times were tough. People weren't worried about the posters as much. So I'll give them a pass for this year. All right. Uh, This is a tough one. And because you could go in many different directions and we only have a couple left here. So, so strap on your seatbelt promo of the year. This, this could be, this could be a guy getting on the microphone, calling someone out. This could be a promotional piece. I'm really curious. You you seem very, very confident about this. Imagine if we're on the same page promo of the year, what's your pick? The important, the important element to this, to promo of the year is it has to last. It uh-huh. has to last forever. It has okay. to be memorable. It has to be something that 10 years from now, you're not going to go, what did I pick for promo of that year? You're going to know. And not only are you going to know, you're going to see it. You're going to see it everywhere. It was the easiest one of all time. Yoel Romero sitting down across from Phil Murphy and telling him to go. That one minute-ish of Yoel Romero delivering that, making people believe that he was going to beat Israel Adesanya, making people believe that they needed to change their life in that moment. The gifts, the memes, everything that comes from it, 10 years from now, that will be remembered forever. And people will forget that he lost to Israel Adesanya by that time. That was that was the promo of the year. It's a great choice, especially not only for the go, but the Shorty man, everything, Beatty boxing, Beatty boxing, that whole thing. It, it also feels like the end of, of a certain life as we knew it and, and yeah. everything changed afterwards. Um, yeah, you know, I, that's not my pick. That's not my pick. <laughs> not even, wasn't even on my list, to be honest. Uh, and again, this is one that you could go in different directions. And, and it was amazing. And shout out to Phil because Phil was unintentionally great there because there's a couple of times where he like swallows. The and gulp. <laughs> the gulp. <laughs> I mean, he adds to it. Phil was Don't great. Just, Phil was great. Well done, sure. Phil. Uh, but I'll actually kind of steal a page from a previous pick of yours, and I'll go in a completely different direction. I'm going to go with the BT Sport Habib Gaethje mm. promo about young Habib and his dad. If you haven't seen that, just type in you know BT Sports UFC 254 promo. That was incredible. The music, the animation, uh, the emotion. I got teary-eyed when I watched it the first time. I got teary-eyed yesterday when I watched it again. I probably watched it 10 times the first time I, I stumbled upon it. And by the way, shout out to the BT Sport team. Uh, they're yeah. kind of a sister network of ours. 
uh, in the UK. They do phenomenal original work for not only the UFC cards, but primarily for them, but also for boxing and WWE. But the UFC stuff that they do is really amazing. The, the promos, they had that great Leon Edwards one. They also had a great Conor McGregor Cerrone one about like the return of Conor at the very beginning of the year. But this one to me was, I mean, I dare you to watch it and not cry. The 254 promo was amazing. We were thinking just different versions yes. of promo. Unassailable. Great pick. Like you, there's nothing you can say about that. It was, it was absolutely tremendous. All right. I wish uh, I knew the name of the artist, uh, whoever, you know, yeah. animated that. Shout out to that guy. Tremendous. Shout out to that guy. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right. So speaking of social media, social media account of the year. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, this is your territory. You have an opportunity now to right the wrong of last year. Are you giving it to the man we all think should get it? I am embarrassed. I come to you. It's, one of, the big, it's one of the great blunders of your life, right? It, it, it is the thing I regret most uh, in all of these awards. Not not picking Ronda Rousey. That that I stand behind. Not picking Darren Till last year for for social media account of the year. And I will make amends. And Darren Till is the social media account, uh, the must follow of twenty twenty one and last year twenty twenty. You gave Till. it to who last year? I gave it to Henry Cejudo. Now, yeah, in my defense, there's a case to be made about how it translated to success for him, how he was able uh -huh. to further his career, how he used it as a tool. But Darren Till just launched a business on the back of it. He's got his raw dog stuff going I think on. multiple businesses. It is Darren Till, without a doubt, the best follow in MMA. Now, not for everybody. There's a little bit of raunchiness going sure. on there. There's a, there's, there's a little bit of NSFW uh, stuff in, in that account. But Darren Till uh, brings joy to the MMA world with his social media. And especially, again, March, April, when yep. things were bleak. Of course, I had the feud with him at the beginning. <laughs> uh, we had the, the Lebo poster, the quarantine championship. Has anyone, by the way, gone from like must follow to maybe most annoying on social media? That would be Henry Cejudo in some I respect. I was just I mean, about like, to say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's incredible where he's gone from 2019 to 2020. Just not hitting the mark at all. Uh, yeah, it's Darren Till. This is a very easy one. He's amazing. He deletes it. It comes back. He gets banned. He comes back. He posts like eight things in a row. It's all, he, he's self-deprecating the faces thing that he does there with the photoshops. It's all amazing stuff. So shout out to Darren Till. Um, along those somewhat same lines, maybe there's not really a transition there, but uh, an award that I love that's near and dear to my heart, Mensch of the Year. Mm. Now, for those that don't know, Mensch is, uh, is a good person who does great for the community 
who represents themselves, their family very well, who represents the sport very well. Uh, you know, I was doing this segment, took a little break from it towards the end of the year um, where I highlighted my honorable mention, play on words. The plural for mensch is mention. Yes, mensch is a German slash Yiddish word that just means normal person. But in, in, in the context that I use it and how we kind of use it in, in modern day, it means just like a gentleman, a, just a, a great human being, a great yeah. soul. Many to choose from here. There's a guy named Luke the Gent for uh, Bellator who does phenomenal work for mm. children's charities. Shout out to him. Uh, Julia Avila was, was sewing uh, masks at the beginning of the pandemic. I think she did like three, 400 of those. Shout out to her. By the way, Darren Till, for the work that he yeah. did on social media, just being like a good guy uh, and making people laugh, that is mensch-like. Chris Cyborg continu continues to do great things for the less fortunate. She does a phenomenal job. And it's almost like one of those awards where you don't want to give it to one person. Yeah. But by the way, and I know this will piss off a lot of people, and, and I know it, it could be somewhat like, it, it could be like this weird juxtaposition. Conor McGregor was an absolute mensch for the most part in 2020, beginning of the pandemic, for everything that he did for children's charities, um, for the work that he did trying to lift people's spirits, saving the SPG gym. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, there's a new story out about a donation that he made recently, just out of the blue. Like Connor has done a lot of great things. By the way, his proper 12 uh, donates money to uh, first responders charities. Uh, I believe it's uh, Tunnel to Towers. Uh, he does a lot of great work. Yes, polarizing. Yes, he's done bad things. But Connor has had many mensch-like moments in 2020. In the end, I give it to Dustin Poirier for hmm. the Good Fight Foundation. Him and his wife, uh, Julie, do phenomenal work. Every fight is tied to a charity. This next one tied to a charity. Uh, Dustin Poirier, my, my 2020 mensch of the year. So an equally hard category. I had a feeling you would have a lot, and I had a feeling you'd well represent kind of the people who, who did good things th throughout the community. Uh, Dustin could win every year. Like Dustin is, I mean, salt of the earth, just the things he's doing with that, with that foundation. I, that's why I kept mine more related to like in the ring, because I knew there was just, there's so mm -hmm. much competition out there. And I knew you'd encapsulate that super well. Mine was Justin Gaethje for coming over to Habib and what he said to him about his father being proud. Mm -hmm. uh, that moment got me, I'm about to choke up right now, just thinking about it. Um, that moment to me in the cage was, was, him being a mention, his, his dreams were just shattered. Mm -hmm. Justin Gaethje had spent his entire life focused on achieving this goal and Habib stopped him from achieving it. He, his dreams were shattered for that moment. Um, and his first, his presence of mind, his first thing to do was to go over to Habib who lost his father was breaking down in the ring and to tell him his father would be proud. I mean, that's just next level stuff. Um, so yeah, two, we went two different directions and I'm, and I'm glad you went the one you did. I was hoping you would. Um, so that, that was my pick, but I mean, you can't say enough about the people who, who did that stuff during the pandemic. A lot of great people did a lot of great things in this sport. Uh, and I love highlighting them. All those people can win. And that's a great one. You know, Uriah Hall and Anderson Silva was really cool. There were a lot of great moments like that throughout the year as well. So I'm, I'm glad you went in, in cage and I kind of went out of the cage. I, I feel like we're going to agree on story of the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has to be the pandemic, right? It has Absolutely. to be just like, I mean, we don't even need to get, I, I almost don't even want to get into it, but like, it was just, you know, it stopped everything. Everything changed. The sport took a two month break. It came back. It's now a bit of a different sport with no fans. Hopefully I'll, I'll just say this about the story of the year and, and I'll, I'll tie it to my story to watch okay. for 2021. The story of the year was, was the pandemic and how it affected not just the sport, but all sports in our lives and it was just, you know, a year that we'll never forget. And it was horrendous 
for, for many people. Uh, and, I, and I hope that the story to watch in 2021, and I hope that the ultimate story of the year in 2021 is the return to normalcy, is the return of fans. It's the return of events. I mean, I'll say right here and now, I'm not going to Fight Island. I'm not going to be at the Connor fight. That bums me out. I haven't been to a fight since March. That bums me out. I miss it. Uh, I miss going to the events. I miss what we had. I miss the buzz. I miss the hype. I miss the arenas. I miss the fans. Uh, so I'll, I'll pair those two together. My story of the year is the pandemic. And then the story to watch, obviously, is hopefully the return of fans. I can just say retweet. I echo that. Those were my two picks. The story was the pandemic, its impact. And, and the story to watch in 2021 is what happens now? How, how do we get on the other side of this? And when we do, what does the sport look like? So, yeah, certainly. I mean, there's, I have other ones, but like th- those are the, those are the main stories. Other stories of this past year, you know, Connor versus the UFC, him not fighting three times, yep. only fighting once John Jones and him vacating and, and his public issues with the UFC Masvidal as well with the public issues, Sahudo retiring, Khabib retiring. Those are a few to come to mind. And, 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 you know, to pair those up, Connor in 2021 is the story to watch. Habib, does he come back? Story to watch. John Jones, does he come back at heavyweight? Story to watch. I'll also throw out Bellator, potentially going on CBS and Showtime, a story to watch as well. So I'll pair those up together. And we'll end as far as awards go with Male Fighter of the Year. I always like to end with Male Fighter of the Year. Uh, You know, I remember two years ago, we had DC on as uh, the show came to a close before midnight. Male Fighter of the Year, not an easy one. It's historically an easy one. But you can go many different directions. I'll go first. You can go with Kevin Holland. You can go with Jan Bachovic. You can go with Israel Adesanya. But in the end, I went with the man who put the flyweights back on the map, the champion who fought four times, twice more than any other champion, male or female. Yes, he started the year you know, missing weight. Yes, he ended the year with a draw. But no one had a better year than Davis and Figueredo, the flyweight king, with a potential fight of the year as well, rounds of the year, breakout fighter of the year. Who would have thought January of 2020 we'd be talking about him as the uh, champion at 125? Because remember, it was all about uh, Benavidez yep. going to the first and second fight. He was disrespected, in my opinion, and then ending the year like this as the male fighter of the year. It's Davis and Figueredo. I love his style. I love his look. I love his fighting. I love his aggression. I love everything about the guy. He's a lot of fun to watch, and he has almost single-handedly revived the flyweight. So that's my male fighter of the year for 2020. I had a tough time not picking Kevin Holland just because of the, the strength of five and zero. Oh. it's similar to when, when Neil Magny did it. I, I was really leaning that way. I was considering it, but the resume that Davis and Figueredo put together this year, you, you cannot deny uh, what he did this year. You mentioned all the ones I have. My order was Figueredo, Holland, Adesanya, Blakowicz, and then Whitaker. Um, that was, those were my guys in order. I really was impressed with Whitaker this year. I don't think he's getting enough credit. Um, Till, Till and Cannoneer, I'll say it again. Those are huge wins for Jan Anderson and Reyes for Adesanya, Romero and Costa, no matter how that Romero fight looked. Um, But Davis and I mean, Figgy Smalls, like you can't, you cannot deny that much respect to Kevin Holland. Um, Anybody who says Kevin Holland, I, I admire them and I respect them a great deal, but Davis and Figueredo is the male fighter of the year. I can't hear another argument. Yeah. Uh, and again, it really came down. Like, imagine if he lost to Brandon Moreno, then it would have been really tricky, right? Then you might it's have Holland. had to go with Holland. Yeah. But it, like, but Holland fought on that last card. Like, it really came down to, like, one of the last cards. Usually by November or so, it's kind of elementary. But in this case, it came down to almost the last card of the year. 
the the thing I would have found most interesting, you could do a million of these, like, oh, if Hamza fights five times, right. if Evan Holland was able to sneak that one more in oh, on yeah. December 19th, six. Especially against tough. Hamza. That's tough. Or anybody. Yeah, that would have been record-breaking. Six. That's tough, to, that's tough to do. But, I mean, Kevin Holland seems like he wants to do it next year, too. Okay, we have five minutes left. So we're going to go rapid fire here to end. Those are the awards. You got them right there. Those are the 20. Those are the 2020. Uh, Troy, put a little clapping, put a little music. Here you go. <laughs> All you winners, you're going to get this in two to three years. Put a little something, something on the back end. I do want to give an honorable mention. Uh, my good friend, Ant Evans, formerly of the UFC, gave me a spirited pitch as to why we should have book of the year as a category. <laughs> I'm not going to pick book of the year. No, this wasn't a joke. It, it was a long email. He gave me a spirited pitch as to the fact that we don't honor history enough in MMA. In boxing, there's great literature that, that has been put out over decades. There's not enough of that in our sport. He makes a very valid point. He was the architect of the revival of the Hall of Fame, the UFC Hall of Fame. So he gave me five. If you want to check these out, I don't have, I haven't read all of these, but he gave me five that should be considered uh, Shamrock, the World's Most Dangerous Man by Jonathan Snowden. A Declaration of Independence, MMA Outside the UFC Volume 1 from 1996 to 2005 by Keith Mills. The Wrestling Observer Yearbook, 97 by Dave Meltzer. How the Hell Did I End Up Cage Side? An Accidental MMA Writer's Memoir by Bo Dure. And Quitters Never Win, of course, by Michael Bisping and Ant Evans. So if you want to check out those books, if you're looking for something to do, some downtime here the next couple of weeks, do check those out. End of the show, we always pick our fight to see, male fighter, and female fighter of the upcoming year. I'll go first. My, if I had to pick one here, and there's a ton yep. that you could pick one. One, I really want to see Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic. Right now, they're targeting March 27th. Hopefully, they get it done, and hopefully that division picks up a little steam because it's been a little stagnant with the champion only fighting once a year, every single year. I'll go male fighter of 2021, Conor McGregor. I think he has a big year. I think he fights three times. I think he's on a, on a rampage. He's in great shape. Big things out of him. Female fighter, I'll go. You know, this one I had a tough time picking because I think Zhang is not going to fight very often. And so I'm going to go with Valentina Shevchenko again because I think that the gap between her and the rest of the 125s is just so big. I see we stuck to the same notes. I'm also going to stick to the same notes. I believe for the last several years, I've picked John Jones. And oh my gosh. And I'm going to pick John Jones. Um, now, Israel Adesanya, I think, is the is the more likely pick just based on he's going to fight in March. He's potentially getting a second title. And then you, you, you know, he's going to want to stay active, but I believe a John Jones win of the heavyweight title potentially uh, is going to be one of the most significant stories this year. So I am, I am putting my chips on John Jones again, and I've not been right in any year. Uh, but then again, neither is everybody else, but John Jones and then Zhang Weili. I know she's not going to be super active, but as we saw this year, you don't need to be super active. You get two wins and, yeah. and you're in the running. So for me, Zhang Weili. And then fight to see. Um, I have here John Jones versus any heavyweight, but I'm switching it up on the fly. I want to see... That's a horrible pick. You got to pick an actual fight. No, I want... But this is what I want. I want Covington versus Masvidal or... Or I will take Covington versus Poirier. At the end of the day, for me, these fights are about real fights, are about animosity, are about that, are about guys wanting to get in there and girls wanting to get in there and actually fight each other. No storyline to me is more significant right now than, than Covington versus his former teammates, his former gym mates in Masvidal and Poirier. So I will take either of those two. But 
Masvidal probably just higher profile at the moment. I feel like that one had lost a little bit of steam towards the end of the year, but yeah, it, it would be good I, if they. they I would. I, I think Poirier hates him more, so I, I would almost lean that one. But it's it's that it's that. Okay, and very fun rapid fire before we go. Some true or false? Okay, I'll weigh in on these as well. Last year you just weighed in. And uh, I urge you all to go back and listen and see how many he got wrong. But we don't have time for that now. So let's go true or false for these. I'll hit you with some topics. You just give me a true or false. That's it. Conor McGregor will fight three times this year. True. I'll say true. John Jones will be heavyweight champion by the end of the year. True. I'll say false. John Jones will fight Israel Desanya. False. Uh, That's this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. False. I'll say false as well. Daniel Cormier will fight. Ooh, false. Bellator will, I'll say false as well. Wait, uh, <laughs> I'll say false as well. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Bellator will air on Showtime. True. I'll say true as well. Anthony Pettis will win the PFL championship. False. I'll say false. Yoel Romero will win the Bellator championship. False. I'll say false as well. Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov will happen this year. True. I'll say false. I'm going to say true. Anderson Silva will fight this year. True. It doesn't matter what sport. He will fight this year. And I'll say yes. Jorge Masvidal will win the UFC title. False. I'll say false. Tyron Woodley will fight outside of the UFC. True. I'll say true. Francis Ngannou will win the UFC heavyweight title. False. I can't make a prediction. It's kind of a personal rule. We'll have fans in arenas by the end of the year. Oh, boy. Don't know. I'm going to say true just for hoping. I'll say true as well. The weight division will premiere in the UFC. 105. I saw Dana yeah. mention that, so I'm going to say true. Uh, no, it's too early. I'm going to say false. Not this year. I'll say false. The women's featherweight division will go away. I predicted it last year. I'm going to say true. I'll say true as well. Just a couple left. Colby Covington will fight for the 170 title. True. I'll say false. Glover Teixeira will fight for the 205 title. If Israel wins. False. It's a tough one. I'll say true. Maybe they give him an interim. Uh, AJ McKee will be the Bellator 145 champ. True. Two more. I'll say true as well. Jake Paul will beat an MMA fighter in a boxing match. An MMA fighter. Yes. True. I'll say true. And final one, Jake Paul will cut a deal with the UFC and fight under the UFC banner. False. I'll say true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. It's been a great year, my friend. Honestly, it's been a great year as far as MMA action is concerned. It could have all ended in March. Uh, Shout out to the fighters who fought. And uh, it was tough times, not only like getting to the fights, but training for the fights, right? I mean, like they had to they had to do a lot, sometimes bend the rules. And uh, it gave us a lot to do. Thankful that we still have jobs covering this sport. Uh, Had a couple of weeks off. But things pick up very quickly uh, with the January 16th card on ABC, Holloway Cater, 
Then you got Magni Chiesa on January 20th. And then of course the return of Conor McGregor. And like, I don't even know when the next break is after it. So enjoy this upcoming week. I want to tell everyone that we're back on Mondays, DC and Hawani this Monday, January 11th, Hawani show on Wednesdays, Aaron the bad guy next Thursday. So this is kind of the, the soft <laughs> relaunch of everything. Uh, and uh, it was fun doing it with you in this regard. Like you know, old this times. Is just like, like old times. Mind. We don't need oh. fancy schmancy graphics and lower thirds oh, and all that they stuff. They come for this. They come for this. They come for the banter. And for that. And for yeah. this. Um, sec- la- final shout out to Kaposa. Uh, I should also shout him out. Yeah. Kaposa's the man. Hey, shout out to TST. Shout out to Jordan, the entire team for uh, for doing this for us. Eric Tamiso doesn't get enough shout outs on the YouTube team, the entire YouTube team. And shout out to all the fans for the support and everything that they've given to us over the past year. Let's put 2020 to bed now. We're done with 2020. Let's look ahead next week with DC. I'll look ahead to 2021. New York Rick, keep up the great work. It was fun doing it. The eighth annual, the 2020 version of the Helwani Nose Awards are over. Congratulations to all the winners. Congrats to all the fighters on a great year. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, we say peace. We're out of here.